Stories. Everybody's got them, and we can learn from each other. History can be traced through letters and writings, but the one thing that has remained throughout the generations is the oral tradition. Oral history is one attempt to pass along the stories, tales, musings, and remembrances of one family for the benefit of listeners for generations to come. Join us now for this episode of Oral History with Jeff Zilkowski. The lovely voice you just heard was my wife, Larissa. She intros and exits the show every week, and she graciously is going to join us tonight. So you're going to hear a lot more of her tonight. But I just wanted to cover a little bit of ground from last week's episode five. In last week's episode, we covered the Steve Green ministry years, and uh, best of my, to the best of my knowledge, there are no glaring mistakes. So we're going to move right into the story tonight. We're calling this... The Zilkowski Years, Part 1, and the goal here is to kind of give you an idea of how Larissa and I met, and you heard a little bit of that in Episode 5, but I want to have Riss give you her perspective. Hello, everyone. Um, So I was born and raised in Indiana. Um, All my, uh, I had to think a minute, but all my family is currently there, my immediate family. so in January of 2004, I was working as the assistant to the dean of the College of Adult and Professional Studies at Indiana Wesleyan University in Marion, Indiana. I owned a house there. Um, my parents lived not far away. I was, at the time, my grandmother was living with my parents. And after work, I would often go over to my parents' house for dinner then um, help with my grandma, just take a little of the load off my mom. And um, yeah, so that's what I was doing. Then um, Indiana Wesleyan started opening regional campuses. And in uh, the spring of 2004, I came over here to Cleveland for a week because I I was the girl, my my boss, Josh, called me uh, the keeper of all knowledge of the College of Adult Professional Studies or something like that. Josh, can you can pop in if you'd like and correct that. But um, I was the person they called for all the questions. So my boss, uh, the dean, said, hey, can you go over and just help them organize things? Uh, so I came to Cleveland for a week and helped them with their grand opening. So that's how I got introduced to Cleveland. And I, I knew the other staff members. There were four or five, I think, on staff. And so I knew them. Um, but it went really well, and it, it was a lot of fun. And um, Josh Fisher, who is the, the regional dean here in Cleveland, uh, decided that um, once he was approved to uh, hire a position of a student service student services coordinator he wanted it to be me and I thought gosh you know I don't know if I should do that and my sweet grandmother who was a boy she was a pip um Dorothy she took one look at me and she said I think you'd be stupid not to take the job uh all that to say in the so the end of June 2004 found me packing up a truck um I found renters for my house and I drove here to Cleveland, um, only knowing the few people uh, that I worked with. And uh, my biggest concern, I think, when I moved here was finding a church because I was very involved in 
Upland Community Church. Shout out to all of you there in Upland. Uh, it was the church I grew up in from the time I was, I don't know, 11 or 12. And uh, that's where I came to know the Lord. And um, I, I was so involved there. I was involved with the youth group. I sang the choir. I just, it was very important to me to find a good church. I, I hadn't lived in a big city for quite some time. And I thought, I just didn't know really where to start. So I said, okay, Lord, it's up to you. Tell him where you moved. Well, I will in a minute. Okay. He's getting ahead of me. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so I'd been here for a couple weeks. I found an apartment, moved into my apartment. Um, and, uh, it had been a couple whirlwind weeks. So, um, I finally was like, you know what? I should tell everybody what's going on because my family knew, but really it kind of happened so fast that a lot of my family, my friends and extended family didn't know that I'd moved. So I pretty much sent uh, an email to most of my contacts lists just saying, hey, this is what happened and here's where I am. And the next day I get a phone call and I think it was a weekend. I think it was a Friday. And um, you remember Brian Howell that Jeff talked about? Good friend of his, worked with Steve Green. They were roommates, good friends, wonderful friends. Well, I went to college with Brian. And uh, we had been good friends, too. And I had, obviously, Jeff told you that there were times that I had visited um, Brian uh, at Steve Green concerts. And we probably met, but we never remembered it anyway. It was Brian on the phone. And I go, oh my goodness. It was a local number I could see on my, um, well, I could see on my phone that it was a local number. Like, oh my gosh, they're in town for a concert and I have to leave, you know, in like an hour to go back to Indiana for something. And so I wasn't going to get to see the concert. He goes, actually, um, Jennifer and I live here. And my brain about exploded. <laughs> and I said, what? are you talking about? He goes, yeah, I am the worship pastor at Cuyahoga Valley Church. And I said, well, where is that? And he told me and I go, oh my goodness, I pass that every day when I get on the highway to come to work because my apartment was just down the road. Um, and I said, I wondered what it was because you, I, there was no sign um, be you know i never could see the sign there i was like i always wondered what that building was well and then i was like well now i know where i'm gonna go to church so we arranged to meet um the next time i was in town so the following weekend i was i was here i walked up you know hugged brian um i had met jennifer uh before and just th had always thought you know i think we could be good friends if we ever lived close and then there they were here so it was great i was welcomed in um to um meet all the worship team and all the band and um patty gilmore if you're listening she was the first person um that i met at uh cvc and she was just so welcoming and i always will remember that um so i found a place to to um go to church and because brian and i knew each other and had sung together in college he uh, put me on the worship team and so that was it was great it was like god answered that huge prayer of mine to just have a place to minister and to be uh, ministered to um very soon after i got here i didn't even have to look it just landed in my lap so um 
It was, I was so glad to know some people because it was, it was difficult to move away from my family. It's only four and a half hours, but, um, you know, when I would go over there pretty much every evening for dinner to my parents and my sisters didn't live far and, uh, it was, it was hard and I got, I was lonely. Um, but Brian and Jen would have me over occasionally for dinner and, um, I remember talking to Jennifer one time uh, that summer, or maybe it was it was soon after I got here, and I just said, you know, I'm just, I'm lonely. You know, I wish I could meet somebody, uh, you know, because they had kids. Uh, Emily was, I don't know, two and a half or three, maybe, maybe not even three. She was about two and a half because Meg was just a toddler, just a baby. <laughs> Megan was just a baby. Now they're, you know a senior in high school and a college freshman. It's crazy. But, um, you know, I, I wanted kids. I wanted a family. And they said, well, you know, we kind of have somebody in mind for you. And so then they told me about Jeff. Um, I think this was actually in like September of 2004. I didn't realize it, but the previous July, my mom and I had gone to um, the wedding of Steve Green's daughter because I knew her because she went to Taylor University, which is in the town of Upland where my parents live. A long story, but we had given her a ride to Brian and Jennifer's wedding <laughs> because she, when she was a freshman, she couldn't have a car on campus. That's how I got to know Steve Green's daughter. So we were good friends and we gave... Um, so we got invited to her wedding and apparently, of course, Jeff and I were there and he even came over to our table. We found out later, I didn't notice it. I was talking to, I don't know, my mom was holding Megan and we were talking Stripped to down to her diaper because it was 90 diaper. degrees. We don't need to tell that to poor <laughs> Megan. She's probably like, oh my gosh. But, um, that we were talking to one of, uh, um, Summer's cousins and, or something while, Jeff and Brian were talking about this job that Brian had gotten approved at CVC for a technical director that he needed. Um, I had no idea about that. Didn't meet him. Didn't see him. But in September, they tell me about this guy named Jeff. And he sounded great. I'm like, well, that's great. But he's in Nashville and I'm in Cleveland. And they're like, well, then they told me about this job and uh, that they'd asked him to apply. And they're like, he might end up here. I'm like, okay, that's great. <laughs> well, and it doesn't one, help me right now, but okay. One of the things that I didn't point out last week is that when Brian was about two thirds of the way through the process, of hiring me, they had another candidate apply and he called me and I said, Brian, you have to be completely trusting of God in this process. So you have to vet this guy and see if he's the guy. I said, it may be what God has for you and it may not be me. So I, I kind of threw myself on the grenade and obviously it was me and, and not him. I don't know where he ended up, but it was it was to be me for a, a whole myriad of reasons. And and I spoke about one of those last week when I talked about in the job interview process, I actually met with Dan Burgoyne, his wife, Joy, Rick and Marianne Duncan, and Brian and Jennifer. 
and said to them at that meeting, I think I may have come to Cleveland to start a family. And which is very interesting because um, Rick Duncan told that story at our wedding later. And I'd never heard it. I had no idea. But um, my perspective of that night that he was interviewing um, is that uh, actually that that day, Jen and I were hanging out together. Uh, I was actually working on my master's degree um, and working full time. And so I was really busy, but uh, it was great. You know, I hung out with Jen and the girls um, sometimes. Well, the 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 girls were supposed to go with Brian and Jennifer that night because uh, the other families had kids or, you know, somebody was going to play or whatever. But that morning, uh, Emily woke up and Jennifer was like, I swear she's got pink eye. Like, I can't take her tonight. And she goes, I don't know what to do because this just came up. I said, well, um, I can just bring my homework over. I'll just come watch the girls. It's not a big deal. They knew me. I watched them all the time. And um, she's like, oh, my gosh, that would be so great. And she's like, then, well, you know, Jeff is staying with us while he's interviewing. And I'm going to try to figure out, you know, a way for you guys to meet that's not awkward. I'm like, okay, it's already awkward. <laughs> because now I know that you're going to try to do that. And, um, but it actually turned out just totally normal and uh after they came back i had uh, megan was asleep but emily's just she was so fun we had so much fun together so we were playing and i kept her up late and uh so we came uh, they came home and they came upstairs where uh we were playing in the the playroom and um jeff followed jennifer upstairs and i saw him and I saw Emily's face when she saw him and she was just delighted because that's her uncle Jeff. Like she knew him. She's Megan didn't really remember him, but Emily remembered him from Nashville. And I always trust kids, kids and dogs. <laughs> if they like a person, then that person can be trusted can be trusted basically. Um, and Emily was just delighted to see him. And then I watched him, you know, he came up to me and I remember he smiled and he said, it's very nice to meet you. And we shook hands and his hand, it, his handshake was a firm, you know, firm, dry, warm hand, uh, handshake. It was just great. And he looked me in the eyes and I believed him when he said it was nice to meet you. And I was like, it's nice to meet you too. Here I'm thinking, and I'm thinking this whole time that, because Brian and Jennifer have told me a lot about Jeff, and I thought they told him a lot about me, but apparently this was not so. A um, couple of things I want to point out in all of that, too. Um, I mean, I was there probably within the first three days of Emily's life. I held Emily as a baby uh, back in Brian and Jennifer's house back in Tennessee. So I had been a part of their lives from before... Brian and Jennifer were even before they ever met. And um, in all of that, like we look at this from the perspective of, wow, isn't it cool the way that happened? But in Christianity, we look at it from the perspective of, wow, do you see God's hand working in his sovereignty to bring things together, even a case of pink eye that the next day was gone? Mm -hmm. And that's how he works. He needed to get Larissa 
into their house that night and to be there and to be comfortable and to bring me home from this time where I had just said to these people that I may have come to Cleveland to start a family. And here I shake hands with this young lady. And that was the time. Like, there were no immediate sparks. There was not a, a recognition of love at first sight. There wasn't anything of that nature. No, but, but there was, was this comfort. Mm -hmm. I I have to say, too, that um, I was not... I was always a little socially awkward around guys. I didn't date much in high school or college. I was every guy's great friend, you know. I was the girl, and actually I had a guy friend confess to me in college. He's like, you know what it is, Larissa? He's like, you are the kind of girl guys marry. You're not the kind we want to date. <laughs> and I go, thank you. <laughs> but it actually is a compliment. He was like, no, it's a compliment. I would be you know, I, I actually had guy friends whose mothers were like, you seriously need to marry that girl. <laughs> and they're like, but she's my friend. No, you need to marry her. Um, and uh, so I was like, well, actually, that is kind of nice. You know, the kind of I'm the kind of person they're like, I would be honored to introduce you to my parents, but we're just friends. So um, I was always very awkward around guys I liked, just always. So and we can date stamp this a little bit. This so is December this of is 2004. This is December of 2004. So Jeff had come for an interview. And um, I, yeah, so we were there and um, at Brian and Jennifer's house. And I never once felt awkward in his presence. Ever. Like not that night. Not even thinking, oh gosh, it's going to be awkward. And it never was. Um, well, and speaking know, of that, let's let's jump about a month so to January. Jump a month, Jeff. Um, I was part of the group. They're like, okay. <laughs> Brian actually called me. What was a week before you were supposed to be here? Or yes, two weeks to, to get an apartment. Well, he asked me. Brian called me at work, and he said, "I I have we have an issue. Um, somebody was going to let Jeff live in their condo." Um, plans fell through, didn't work out. So he's going to be here in like a week, 10 days. And I got to find him an apartment and like, he's coming, but we don't have a place for him to live. And he wanted to know if I liked my apartments. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't had any issues at all. Um, we looked later online and like, if we'd read those reviews, like neither of us would probably have gotten a, an apartment there, but we, neither of us had any issues, but, um, so he ended up Two buildings away. Two buildings away. I was in building two. He was in building four. So our building shared the same parking lot. And, you know, Brian had, well, you can tell. You have to understand when Brian called me and said the condo fell through and we're looking for an apartment. My response to Brian is, I trust you implicitly. <laughs> like Brian is so much more picky about things like that than I would ever be. And I just told him, I said, if, if it passes muster with you, I'm going to be thrilled. I didn't know at the time that he was speaking to Larissa about this place. And it wasn't like Brian and Jennifer were trying to get us in within no, proximity just, of each he, other. It was just, we got a time crunch and I don't even know where to start. But I was the person that he knew and trusted who lived in an apartment and it was close to work. And he was like, just, well, let's start there. Um, and so, yeah, it, it worked out great. They He found a 
it was a fourth floor apartment for you, yeah. right? And I moved in. I I pulled in on a Thursday and in, in I a was truck. There. I yep. was there to help. I was one of the people unload. there to help unload. I don't know if we talked that day even. Yeah, it was. But it was probably it was, we fifty degrees. It, it was, was beautiful. beautiful. The next day it started snowing. It didn't stop until May of that next year, but at this point we're just we're kind of settling into a groove and we move into the weekend saturday night i'm actually kind of in the saddle for the first time and we're we do saturday night service Riss is on the worship team i'm running tech and a group of people decide that they want to go and have a dinner together at a restaurant nearby yeah, the service was usually at 5 30 and we didn't always eat before you had to be there early to rehearse so most of us hadn't eaten dinner, so we did it a lot, actually, on Saturday nights. We'd go to service, and then, you know, I don't know, a group of us would go eat somewhere. So a group of us went um, to dinner. Well, I didn't know where they were going. They said, oh, let's go to Simon's Simon's restaurant. I didn't know where that was, and Jeff didn't know where that was because he hadn't, you know, he'd been here maybe 48 hours. I don't know. So we followed Brian and Jennifer. Correct. Uh, we had both driven, so and I didn't know him well enough. So there's Brian and Jen and Jeff and me. We're all driving together. By the time we get there, everybody's seated, and they have high chairs for the girls at the end of the table. And there were two seats next to each other, about halfway down one side of the table. So we're sitting together. And I do know for a fact now that some of the people that were there was like, "Oh, let's make sure Larissa and Jeff sit next to each other," because we were two of the only single people there. Anyway. Still not awkward. Normally, I would have been a mess. Um, and we were conversing around yeah, the table. I'm meeting people, people I'd never known from the table and talking to. But at one point, I leaned over to Larissa and I pointed out to her that I have a quirky sense of humor, um, sometimes edgy. <laughs> and sometimes. she had taken a bite of salad, <laughs> and I just said, I like Helen Keller jokes. And I apologize if you're offended, but I just whispered in Larissa's ear. I said, you know what? She named her dog. Now and you need to go look and figure out the rest of that story. But, but Larissa knew the punchline. I knew the punchline because I've heard all of the Helen Keller jokes and I spit my food in his lap. Uh, even then, not being even awkward. then, not awkward. I normally, I would have wanted to die and have the floor swallow me up. But I just laughed and basically was like, you deserved that because <laughs> I could have choked you. But we just, we just laughed. We had a great time together. And then at the end of the night, well, you know, we kind of hung out for a while and we're talking and Emily was tired. She crawled off of her chair and she came up and sat on Jeff's lap and fell asleep. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is cool because this kid loves him and feels, trusts him enough to just oh he's a good person to sleep you know I can go sleep on his lap and she felt comfortable there and then the waitress is handing out checks the checks and she put ours together without even asking us <laughs> again I wasn't embarrassed I wasn't and I said I just have um I have cash and he was going to put it on a credit card he goes well and so I handed him the cash to cover my part and he goes well this won't cover both of us <laughs> i was like oh my gosh it was just funny and we just have always been that easy together um now i have to explain that as a dude 
<laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. Okay. I liked this young lady. I enjoyed spending time with her. Um, we were still just being friendly with one another, being friends well, we in barely groups. Knew each other. And so a month went by before I asked her out again. Now you have to understand in girls' minds, I know all of you right now are saying, you waited a month well, and every dude is going, what? What's the big deal? I was just waiting for Larissa to cycle around and be on the worship team again so I could be casual about asking her to go somewhere else. Well, and that was okay because we just met, you know, so this was January. And so in February, came back around, I was on worship team and um, I really wasn't ex expecting anything, but he, he stopped by and after the Saturday night service, he and Brian and Rick Duncan would like just have a little powwow and say, okay, do we need to change anything for Sunday morning services? And so Jeff walked by me and he, he just said, hey, do you want to go grab something to eat? He's like, I got to do this powwow, but we can go after that's done. I'm like, okay, sure. And it was that casual, that easy. And so he had the powwow. We went out to eat. Um, we had a great time. We pro I think we closed down the restaurant. Right. We went to Cozumel. Yep. And we drove separately, I think. Um, and then, um, so I'm like, another oh month went by. Then he waited another month. Now, okay, so I wasn't too, I, I was like, he doesn't like me. It was after about a week or so, I asked Jennifer if she would, Jennifer Howell, if she would give me his phone number. And she uh, told me, absolutely not. She's like, you need to be pursued. You deserve to be pursued. I'm like, well, he's not calling, he's not pursuing. So, but she would not do it. So I had to wait another month. And date number At, two was even more awkward. So date number two, he does kind of the same thing. I was kind of hoping, I was kind of like, I think he's going to ask me again. So he did. He's like, do you want to grab something to eat after? I'm like, sure, I'll wait for you. And I'm knitting or something. I think I'm knitting a scarf. And I'm like, just kind of smiling to myself. Like, okay, we're going on a date. And so he does the powwow and he comes to get me. He goes, um, I asked Joe Valenti to come with us. Is that okay? Joe Valenti uh, was a young man who is the um, worship arts assistant. Uh, assistant. So he helped Brian and Jeff and whatever. And so in my mind, I'm like, oh, sure. That's great. Buffer. So, so yeah, I'm thinking, okay, this is a buffer. Like, so this is the way he's telling me. I really like spending time with you, but I, I'm not, I don't want to date you kind of thing. I'm not, which, which hang was, on, stop. I'm not that deep. You well, have to understand. I didn't know that then. He's really not deep. I didn't know that then. So I'm thinking, well, this is his way of like, he doesn't have to say it. It doesn't hurt my feelings. We only had one date and it was fine. And so it's fine if you didn't click. Like I was totally okay with that. The reason I invited Joe <laughs> is because he was hungry. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Was that's how deep I am. <sighs> anyway, so he had no idea how it looked to me. So I'm thinking that's fine. So we go to Applebee's and they drive together and I'm there. And um, so Joe sits down first. We're talking. Joe sits down. So I sit on the opposite side thinking that Jeff's going to sit with Joe because it's not a date. Right. So I'm just sitting down and Jeff comes up next to me and he goes, scoot over I'm like oh it is a date i'm like i am so confused right now <laughs> how to keep a woman on her heels that's what this is all about 
I do not understand this dude, but, and it was fine. Like Joe is, Joe's great. He's, he's a great friend. And, um, so, and it was totally fine. I was just like, oh, okay. I guess it is a date because he's sitting next to me and not just to Joe. And then after that, I think I, I think we did exchange numbers then because uh, it was soon after that, that, um, I was like, I'm just going to ask him to dinner. I'm going to cook for him. And which then he told me, he's like, that's totally the way to my heart. Pretty much any guy. But uh, I called him one night and I was so nervous. Oh my gosh, I was pacing. And and he answered and he was all breathless. Apparently he had t was taking a run. And he said, well, I need to cool, you down. Know, cool down. So I'll run back and we, we can just walk around. And um, I said, then, you know, I can cook dinner for you. So he... We, he, we walked, he cooled down. I think he went and took a quick shower and then came over and, um, he walked in and, and he was like, oh my gosh, it smells so good in here. And pretty much after that, we saw each other a lot. Right. Like uh, three or four times a week, if not more, just, you know, and it was so, it, like I said, it was never awkward. It just seemed so natural to fall into that rhythm of, you know, cause we'd see each other and, um, and then again, but no, no, no expectation no. of anything yet. No, no, no like it maybe was this, obvious that we were like to we us. We were comfortable, but we were not. I wasn't thinking at that time. This is a girl I'm going to marry or no, any of that thing, any of that type of I, thing. We were just really enjoying each other's company and we weren't and we weren't um like we didn't really do it in front of other people. I don't really, I don't think anybody else quite realized how good the, of friends we were yeah, becoming and, and how much time we were spending. I mean, and we'd never said boyfriend, girlfriend, but I, I was just kind of understood, I guess that we were in the getting to know each other phase and we really enjoyed each other's company. So we work our way through March, April and into May so what we're going to do is we're going to tie things up here for this episode. And it's next gonna week, another, it's yeah, going to take another week. It's going to take another week because we want to take you through when God actually spoke to both of us because it was remarkable how God spoke to both of us the same day and said, this is who you're going to marry. And I'll just tease it with this. I asked Larissa if I could ask a question of her. Oh, no. Uh, don't tell them. I'm yet. not. I'm not going to tell them the rest. But I just said I want to ask a question, and we'll tease it with that. You'll figure out what that's all about the next time we get together. But we'll kind of walk through the rest of that year through June, our our engagement, um, and into what was going to be an August wedding. And my wife decided that that was not doable, and we ended up with an October wedding. And we'll talk a little bit more about that next time, but we thank you. And as always, we want to end the time together by praying for you. Again, oral history is about you. It's about the listener. And we first of all want you to know that when we talk about who God is in our lives and, and his sovereignty and his love for us, it's very, very real to us. It is a relationship with Jesus Christ that permeates every aspect of our lives. And, and he is who we trust for our very next breath. And we want you to be there as well. So I want to pray for you. I want to pray that, that if you don't know him, that you would know him. And then I want you to think about how 
you, if you're married, how you and your spouse came together and spend some time together. Go out on a date and put the phones away and look across the table at each other and go, do you remember this? And if you're single and you're listening to this, be encouraged that God is working. Now, we're not going to tell you, either of us, that God has a plan for you and you're going to be married. I hate it when people say that because I, I don't know that that's true. But and, we do know that God has a plan for oh, yeah. you and you can trust him in that. And when you chase after him, oftentimes he'll reveal to you who it is that's chasing him as well, who's alongside of you. That's how I felt with Larissa. So, or he will show you that he's enough. And we'd both gotten to that point. I do want to point out that we had, he was 30, I was 36 and he was 40 when we got married. But we had both gotten to the point where, you know what? God is enough. Um, he gifted us with each other. But if he hadn't, that would have still been okay with both of us. We were at that point where we're like, you know, God, you are enough. Life could be so much worse. And he blessed us each every day individually. Uh, this was just a bonus to what your life could be. And in our case, life was so much better that he had us for each other. Yeah. And I thank my wife every day for loving me and being my wife. And I thank God every day for my wife. So let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for our time together tonight. Thank you for these remembrances of the, the excitement of how you worked in our lives to bring us places crossing state lines and and coming to different homes and opening ourselves up to to new relationships and new churches and new ideas and 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 you did it to bring us together and thank you lord that you worked on me enough through the years to get me ready for Larissa. And thank you that you worked on her enough through the years to get her ready for me. And at the right time, you brought us together. Thank you, Lord, for those who are listening. I pray, Father, that you would encourage them greatly during these next few weeks, that they would chase after you. If they don't know you, that they would come to know you. If they know you and are married, that they would chase after each other like they've never done uh, ever before. And if they're single, that they'll just keep chasing after you and trust you for whatever you have and that you are enough, as Larissa said. So, Father, we praise you. We thank you. We look forward to what you're going to do in our time together next time in episode seven, when we talk about the Zilkowski's, the Zilkowski years part two. So, Lord, we lift this group of people that are listening up to you and we pray, Father, that you would bless them greatly. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll see you in two weeks, and we'll share with you Episode 7, The Zolkowski's Part 2. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Aural History. This has been a production of Z Media and is copyrighted with all rights reserved. Join us again next time.